Hello, this is Aurora, the producer of Lime Ninja Radio. And before we get started, I wanted to let you know that you're going to notice changes in the podcast. You see, we have shifted over to recording episodes on Facebook Live. So what you will be listening to is a live recording that we have uploaded for you to enjoy. Calling all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Hello, and welcome to Lime Ninja Radio Live. We're calling it the Lime Ninja Radio Show, right, Aurora? So, yeah. I think we've kind of Lime settled Ninja in on Radio that. Lime Ninja Radio Live. Welcome. Thanks for joining me and Aurora and our special guest, Greg Lee. We're going to bring him up here in a second. We're so happy to have you here. This is episode number whatever it is. We kind of lost track. Switching over. 269, yeah. That's we're, what we're at. We're cranking up there. And we're going to talk again about ways to treat viruses, and particularly that nasty virus that's going around the world right now. And my good friend Greg Lee has incredible amount of spirits experience. He got started treating Lyme disease 20-some years ago. And then what happened is he became an expert in essential oils because that was one of the main treatments he found to really, really work with chronic Lyme and people who are really stuck there. And he's custom blended mixtures for his patients for many, many years now. So he's really, he's my go-to guy because it's not only that he's got the academic knowledge about essential oils, but he's using it every day in his clinic. So he's really, he really knows what he's talking about. He's one of the few people who's using this clinically every single day. So I really value and respect what he has to say. And before we get started, go ahead and let us know where you're from in the comments. We would love to hear and say hello to you. Some of our friends out there who are listening. So just go ahead and say hello. And... All right, let's see. Everything else looks okay here. So, Roar, why don't you tell us a little bit about Greg Lee? Greg Lee is the driving force behind the Lyme Research and Healing Center, goodbylyme.com, and the creator of the Essential Oils for Stopping Lyme Disease Training. He is a world expert on using Chinese herbs, essential oils, and alternative medicines and treatments for healing incredibly persistent Lyme disease and multiple chronic infections. Awesome. So hello, Christine. Hello, Paula. And goodbye, Aurora. <laughs> Thanks, Aurora. Bye. We'll uh, bring you back on later on the show. And Greg, you are up now. How's it going, man? Uh, long day, you know, but happy to share with you what I'm finding is, you know, helpful for patients that are concerned about the coronavirus. And so, you know, really excited to be able to be on with you. And thanks for doing this, McKay. Appreciate your tireless service and providing this to, to the people out there. Yeah, it's long days for everybody these days, isn't it? Yeah. So what have you discovered? I mean, what, well, actually back up one second here is like, when did you get interested in essential oils 
for Lyme disease. It's like, what, what brought you in that direction? Because, you know, you're, you're a Chinese herbalist, you're an acupuncturist, you've got that side of the world. Why did essential oils kind of bubble up and become a go-to therapy? Well, I found that there are certain patients that I would just give them lots and lots of herbs and they were tinctures. Some people had like raw herbs, they'd go home and cook up and they come back and they'd say, oh, it stunk up my house and my kids complained and I'm never doing this again. And it was just like, I said, okay, I'm going to do powders. And no matter how much I've given some patients, they still have neurological symptoms, joint pain, inflammation that just wouldn't get better, like relapse and kept coming back. So I uh, was fortunate enough to encounter uh, a naturopath uh, in Alabama, uh, Dr. Kasner, and he had studied using essential oils internally from a French system. And I was like, whoa, hey, that's, that, that's, that's something that really piqued my interest because, you know, they're really different form of plant extracts, yet highly concentrated. And they're known for being able to kill other kinds of infections. So I figured, hey, they should be able to kill Lyme too. So, yeah, that's awesome. So now, you know, fast forward, we've got this pandemic sweeping the world. What overlap is there, if any, with Lyme disease? And so what have you found with the interaction with the, the essential oils and that kind of the, the trifecta there between essential oils and Lyme and co coronavirus on the other end? So a lot of the essential oils that have been found in lab studies to inhibit Lyme, well, not a lot, but some of them also can be useful to help with the with the Chinese hospitals are sharing, hey, these are the challenges that we're seeing with our patients in different stages. And then they're saying these are the herbs that correspond and they're helping uh, our patients in these hospitals. Because now I think it was like 85% of the patients in China are getting not only antiviral medications, but also herbal remedies. And they're finding, uh, there was one report I heard from a Dr. John Chen. Uh, he's a pharmacist, Chinese herbalist, and he has a company that, you know, will, that brings Chinese herbs into the country, uh, that he had translated that these doctors were finding that the patients were getting better. You know, the ones that were like, you know, severely sick with pneumonia and their lungs were just filling up with this thick stuff that they couldn't cough out that the herbs were helping to clear out the inflammation that was just stuck in their lungs and helping them to, you know, resolve other symptoms more quickly. So what are the top essential oils that you're finding useful? Well, there's different oils for different phases of the illness. That's so I'm glad you brought that up. That's so important. That's so very important because we're kind of treating it like, okay, there's this one thing you go out there and you sit on its head, but it has phases, right? And it builds differently and your body responds differently in these different phases. And that's what we're seeing for the people who are really, really sick. It's, they're totally, it's totally different than somebody who's asymptomatic and needs some support. So please elaborate there. So the uh, COVID-19 is, I guess, supposedly there was an initial coronavirus called SARS, now referred to as SARS-1. And then they did the genetic testing on that. And then they've genetically compared it to 
the COVID-19 or SARS-2 coronavirus, and there's a 96% similarity between the two. So they're very similar. So that gives hope in that remedies that inhibited the SARS-1 virus can also be effective against the SARS-2 COVID-19 infection. And so from what I'm reading about the research, you know, patients can have this thing incubating in them for up to two weeks. And there are some patients now that they're testing that are don't have any symptoms, but are yet testing positive for the infection. And that, that was in a recent news item out of China. And so what they're looking at is like, you know, not only is it, can it live on the skin? It seems to infect the sinuses and throat tissues initially. And then it takes about five days to migrate down to the lungs. And really, once it gets there, it, it tends to have a, a huge increase and uh, ex exponentially grow once it hits the lungs. Um, and they're finding that, you know, initial symptoms often are like sore throat because it's in the throat, fever, dry cough, sneezing, runny nose, shortness of breath. And it's hard to distinguish from the regular influenza. Um, so that's one of the challenges in diagnosing it. And I heard a news item out of Russia, how, you know, they have very few cases, but they have this huge explosion of pneumonia in the hospitals in Russia. So they're like, uh, how many of those are really this coronavirus? And so, and according to Dr. Chen, the, the infection produces this huge inflammatory response, which I call a cytokine storm which overproduces all this immune gunk in the lungs and the body and it just, just overwhelms, can, can be overwhelming to a patient and their immune system. And so, you know, then it produces severe inflammatory diseases in the airway, pneumonia, and eventually can produce organ failure. And unfortunately, you know, as we know, thousands of people have died from this infection. So it's, it's a really a serious uh, issue, especially for those most vulnerable, those people, what I believe are, I've heard as 60 and over and also have a pre-existing condition. So that's kind of the background on it that uh, I, you know, have heard about. And there's estimates about 70% of, of the population of the world are going to get this. So it's like not just a, you know, isolated pocket, but I think because there's so many people who are asymptomatic or they're finding those people that they can just still transmit the virus to other people, then that becomes uh, very hard to contain. And that might lead to 70% of the world being infected. So, so let's, let's move on. Let's talk about the first phase and what are oils that you would use to defend against catching really and and this would probably hold true for any virus right any any type of of viral thing what can you use to to keep yourself clear or so we won't the, say prevent right we're just we're reducing risk here well they call it prevent so. dr chan called it prevention phase yeah so in, in chinese medicine they talk about defensive energy or what they call wei qi and they talk about uh, things like draining inflammation or they call drain dampness. And they have like supporting the lung chi or lung energy. So there are different essential oils that can help with that. Uh, there's uh, angelica, archangelica, uh, basil, 
uh, cinnamon, eucalyptus globulus, ginger, uh, neoli, rosemary, spruce, tea tree. And then there's different combinations that correspond to different Chinese herbal formulas. One of them is called like jade windscreen, uh, yuping feng shan or wan, I guess. Uh, peppermint and fir, essential oil in a combination or lavender and cypress together in a combination. And then people can diffuse that in a diffuser. They can do it topically. They can do it uh, nasally. They can also do it in their mouth because, you know, they want to get it into the throat and gargle with that. And since you want to support the lungs in Chinese medicine, you have the lungs and the colon are kind of like brother and sister. And you find if you deliver things in a suppository and the rectum, then that can also get and help support the lungs uh, with those essential oil remedies. You may have just lost half our audience right there, but it's <laughs> rectal administration is a major way, especially when your lungs are blocked to get things into the bloodstream, especially to the liver in a hurry. Now well, you mentioned it was lavender and eucalyptus. Is that what the combination was? Did I get the right lavender and? Yeah, uh, it was uh, lavender and cypress. Cypress, but you, sorry. But the ones that uh, seem to correspond, uh, that the essential oils that have the properties of strengthening definitive energy, draining the inflammation, supporting the lungs are like basil, eucalyptus, globulus, and rosemary. Uh, those seem to have the, the, those properties uh, the strongest of the other essential oils that I mentioned. So. My my go to right now in the office is I'm I'm diffusing eucalyptus globulus. I diffuse it at home. Now there's a caution if you're diffusing it, you can't shouldn't do it around pets because pets metabolize essential oils differently. You don't want to get them hurt them with that. So just make sure it's not in the presence of them. And uh, or you know what we're doing also is taking uh, uh, isopropyl alcohol, mixing it with essential oils, and using that as our disinfectant. Uh, on Just spritzing it around knobs, light switches, you know, the pens, <laughs> you know, everything, everything, right? Yes. you know, it's like, Hi, here's your, here's your very own crayon and take it home with you, please. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Now for the second phase, when people are starting to show some symptoms, yeah. what, what do we have? So in the, the Chinese medicine way of kind of of uh, showing how this progresses, it kind of like says like it's outside you and now it's got into like the outer layer of you. It's what they call an, an invasion of like wind cold. And that's when you get those like flu cold like symptoms. And so one of the uh, strategies is uh, to use a bay laurel essential oil because that has been effective in a lab study against the first SARS coronavirus. So that you put that around and the, you know, I don't think they've tested it in diffusing mode, but more in like a, a Petri dish or something like that. But the thought is, Hey, you do that, then whatever it touches, it hopefully kills the SARS two coronavirus or the COVID-19 one. And then there's also, and are you using that rectally as well? Or is there other ways to use the, the Bay Laurel? Yeah, you can do that rectally and, and, you know, if people feel like, you know, they have, you know, want to get it deeper in their system, but, you know, since it's still on the like outer layer, 
you can probably diffusing or topical or oral nasal is probably going to be enough because you're targeting the sinuses, the throat, you know, it's not, it's not yet in the lungs yet. So you may not need to go to, you know, suppositories. So this, the second level is when you're, you've got the sore throat, you're feeling it, you're stuffy. It's kind of those initial flu symptoms. So you're not really coughing yet. That's correct. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, you are having that cough. You're having like cough, cold, flu symptoms because- Okay, you're st- yeah. so you are starting to have the cough. Okay. Yeah, so it may not and be in the lungs, like creating phlegm yet, but you're, you know, some people get- irritated. Upper. Yeah. And then there's other okay. uh, antiviral essential oils that have, that, you know, inhibit influenza or norovirus. And those are tea tree, lemongrass, melissa or lemon balm and oregano. So those are also, you know, candidates for diffusing or putting into carriers to use topically, orally, nasally. And if, you know, that would be uh, the, the ones that I would say for the early phase protection. Okay. Awesome. And then so we're kind of right, covered here's, here's another the list. There's the, the different hospitals have <laughs> come ahead. up in China, have come up with different like remedies and formulas, like herbals that they use to treat the early phase. And there's another one uh, that I took the herbs and say, okay, what are the corresponding essential oils? So there's a longer list of those on the second phase, second treatment for the early phase. So that would be uh, uh, bergamot that's rectified birch. Uh, which actually is, you can't use birch internally. I just looked it up and I was just like, whoa, hey, this is great. That's a new thing for me. I just learned uh, lavender, melissa, neouli, palmarosa, peppermint, raven sarah, tea tree, wintergreen, birch combined with fennel and ginger combined with coriander as another other oils that can be in an early phase, you know, that kind of initial cold flu symptom, uh, you know, presentation. Yeah. Now I know Greg is going through these things really fast. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go back through this recording and I'll transcribe them all and and put the list together for you. And unless Greg, you have a list somewhere already written up. Hint. hint. I got. I can send you the slides uh, and give them to you, and you can share the slides. Okay, that'd be awesome. I'd appreciate that. So let's talk about the last. So people are now really starting to have trouble breathing. Uh, they're really generating a ton of this phlegm. The cytokine storm has yep. uh, tilted in the wrong direction. Their bodies, their lungs are producing all this phlegm. It's getting really sticky. They're really generating what what seems to be an, an asthmatic type thing where they're in danger of not being able to breathe and dying. So they call this, one of the translations is pneumonia phase. And so essentially the, the you're getting out this damp, inflamed stuff that has like, you know, clogging up the lungs. And uh, the strategy for essential oils, you know, are similar to the similar ones that we've seen before, but also there's some new ones. So I'll give the list of like Angelica and Bergamot, Rectified, Birch, Cedarwood, Celery Seed, Chamomile, German Chamomile, Fir, Frankincense, helichrysum, lemon, sweet marjoram, myrrh, myrtle, palmarosa, uh, sage, it's used externally, uh, sandalwood, tea tree, and then a combination of cinnamon and helichrysum. 
And then also, since you have the Bay Laurel being effective against SARS-1, also using that to treat the actual infection versus the initial list of oils were more about treating the Chinese medicine uh, diagnosis of clearing the inflammation and congestion out of the lungs. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Do you have a few so, minutes to so anyway, answer some questions? These are internal. Okay, wait, go ahead. These are going to be internal, internal, except for Sage. So, you know, the delivery method would now, be like oral, make them into a liposome because a liposome, when you take it, well, as it goes down, go right into the lungs more directly. Uh, and also, you know, breathing them in through, you know, nebulizer or a diffuser, probably not nebulizer, shouldn't say that, just say diffuser. Um, and, uh, you know, topically, nasally. So, so what are the, some of the concerns about taking these internally? So um, most of the, you read the bottles for most of the oils that you guys had. Don't take these internally. And I know I'm studying with you. I have taken them internally and I've given them to the patients internally. And so is that is that something that you recommend to people to do on their own? Or is that something they really need to see a practitioner for? So, you know, need to be medically sound here. <laughs> Someone who's trained on the internal use. There, there are people out there trained in this and, and in a safe and efficacious way, you know, because I know the tendency for a lot of people would be, oh, I'm going to try this and do it. And, you know, diffuser, you're probably fine, but taking them internally, it, unless you know, like, what safe dosage is and amounts, then you're risking uh, you know, possible side effects, which may be, you know, we're making things worse. So always work with a trained practitioner, please. Thank you, Greg. So let's bring up some questions here. And Christine asks about quality of oils. This is always one of the first questions we get when it comes to quality. Do you have any comments about that? Now we haven't, we have another like group of oils that uh, are also for this pneumonia phase. Do you want me to go into those before you, we get in the questions? Oh, there's a, there's yes. There's more. So let's, there's okay. more. Hang on. Hang on, Christine. We'll come back to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, so call, I thought there's three phases. There are four phases. No, no, this is like, what I did was they had, Hey, here's this herbal formula that's used for treating the pneumonia phase. And then this other hospital says, well, we're using this formula. So then taking those formulas and saying, oh, that corresponds to these oils and the other one corresponds to these other oils. And then, okay. So that's why I, it's not just, you know, one way to treat the pneumonia. There's multiple ways. So many. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. So the next set would be Angelica Kajaput, Camphor. What is that? Kajaput. It's that's like a, a very word, like yeah. um, tea tree like. Uh, I, maybe a melaleuca, if I don't, if I remember correctly, I have to look it up. I don't remember. Okay. Cardamom, cinnamon bark, cypress, dill, eucalyptus globulus again. Frankincense actually has very strong lung supporting properties. Ginger, really? uh -huh, helichrysum, neoli, rose, styrax, which is a resin, uh, tea tree, and turmeric. So many of these are these like aromatic, strong odors, and that's yeah. seen as something that can help clear the stuck stuff in the lungs and, and 
help the lungs to stop, you know, being blocked up, but open them up and then release the, the gunk that's stuck in there. You know, it's, it's funny. You talk about loosening up the lungs. I had a patient this week and she's a retired nurse and she talked about, yeah, you know, we used to go around and do rounds and do lung percussion. I said, what's that? Well, basically they had the patients hang over the bed Right, so their feet are on the bed and their heads are down by the floor, and they pound their backs, boom, 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 to loosen up the phlegm so they could expectorate it. And you know, I was thinking about that and some of the essential oil type things you do in the Chinese medicine. Some of just those old simple therapies. Now, that's if somebody's you know near death's door, it's kind of a little too late from that. But early on, with a child or you know somebody who can handle that type of thing, just to shake up and get that gunk out of there, you you know may prevent them from having to go into the hospital. So little things like that can go a long way. From what I read the reports from the doctors in the hospital, like when they do a, a, uh, you know, a, 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 what do you call it? When you look, open up a dead person, you look at the lungs, I forget. Autopsy. There we go. Autopsy. You do an autopsy. They found that it's not just like normal mucus. It was like this thick, really dense stuff that patients could not cough up. So it may be helpful in the beginning, you know, but you know, the, it seems that the patients need the herbs or something like the essential oils to help yeah. make it more fluid or able to be coughed up or, or, or dissolved. So there, you know. there was a story of a doctor down South. Sorry, I don't have the state where he was. He and his wife got uh, isolated because they both tested positive and his, he was listening to their lungs every day and his wife's lung function started to diminish. And so he started getting a little bit scared. So he thought, you know what, let's try albuterol in a nebulizer. So he went ahead and prescribed that for her and got it. And that, like you're talking about with these the essential oils, being able to loosen things up at an early stage, was able to keep things clear enough and clear it out that she was fine after a couple of days. So I think this strategy you're talking about is is the critical key. Yeah, I think that's what why a lot of people in China are getting better quicker from the pneumonia phase because they're they're doing the the herbals, and I think the essential oils have the same promise for helping patients if they get this far along. All right. Ready for questions now? Uh, no, we got another one. We got another set of oils based on the third hospitals. Okay. <laughs> lay, lay it on us. All this right. is awesome, by the way. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, with the, the Chinese medicine diagnosis is closed interior, abandoned exterior, and the treatment is open the clothes, consolidate the abandoned, detoxify, rescue reversal. So it sounds kind of like, hey, let's go in and, you know, we got these really sick people. Let's go get them. Let's get them better. You know, let's rescue them. Uh, it's bergamot, black pepper. Uh, now, the black pepper oil is actually not like the spice. It's actually very, very mild in terms of its like pungent or taste. But it's very good at releasing mucus and biofilms uh, and uh, also cinnamon leaf, eucalyptus globulus again, ginger, neoli, peppermint, pine, rosemary, spearmint, and tea tree. So that's a, the third set of uh, oils that uh, may be useful for helping patients who are really in this pneumonia, deeply sick phase. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Okay. 
And then there's the last phase, the recovery phase, but we can talk that after the questions if you want. <laughs> Let's get some questions, then we'll see if we get the recovery phase. All right, all right. So just qu- quality of the oils. I mean, the most basic of all questions. So there was one study where they compared, uh, I think it was orange oil that was conventionally grown in a farm uh, and to uh, oil that was raised organically or that was made from organic oranges. And they found that in the organic essential oils, there was much less levels of herbicides in that. So for me, you know, I know a lot of people are attached to their vendors and stuff, but for our clinic, we have people who are very sensitive. We want to get them as pure uh, oil as possible. So we use oils that are have been extracted from organic or wildcrafted sources and also have a certificate of analysis, which shows what are the active ingredients and what are the, you know, a non-detectable levels of harmful things in there. So we look for that when we're shopping and, and checking out a vendor's oils. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, there isn't an alternative. So we rely on the certificate of analysis to kind of guide us in terms of like, is this the cleanest oil that we can find of this, of this type? Julie has a statement talking about there's a veterinary advisory board with Young Living and that it's okay. So that's interesting. We'll take that into consideration. All right. So, and then Christine also asked again, what is the application for all these? I think you covered that talking about in inhalation primarily, but maybe then internally as well. Yeah. If you get some guidance with that. Um, Paula, my good friend, Paula Sterling, she has Lyme, neurological Lyme disease and big fan of yours, Greg, by the way. And hey. she says, she asks, uh, is the bay laurel essential? Cause she has a lot of the other oils. Well, it's the only one that I've seen uh, that has a research study against SARS-1. I have heard uh, from a colleague of uh, McKay's and I that he heard from a doctor in Mexico that eucalyptus or a compound in eucalyptus, eucalyptol, also inhibits the coronavirus. So there's two candidates, but no, I mean, you can use the other ones to help treat the manifestations of the infection you know of course we can't say it actually treats the infection because it's not fda approved to do that so we can say it treats the symptoms of coughing wheezing sore throat pneumonia you know things like that so it's the being careful with our words and not making any claims we can't any claim that's right exactly and paul has a follow-up her sister has scarring in the lungs. Mm. Anything? That's a, you know, then they're talking about dissolving scar tissue and then regenerating lung tissue that I am looking into for other patients uh, that have like uh, COPD or mm-hmm. uh, other lung damage. But uh, it's really haven't found a lot of like research on what will do both of those things. I mean, when I think of scar tissue, I think about enzymes as a possibility. And then, you know, in terms of supporting lung healing, you'd have to probably go to Chinese medicine and see what 
is supporting of the lung uh, energies, you know, the chi, the yin. Uh, so, but there's no research that I found because I've been looking uh, that really shows you can uh, so much success with that. It's in the lungs. So I, I would offer two things there. So first of all, the enzymes make sense, right? And proteolytic enzymes helping to break down some of the scar tissue. The other thing I would recommend having a look at, Greg, is is one of the products like uh, Neo Forty, uh, human the human and the the nitric oxide booster. So there that uh, products particularly a nitrite product. There's some nitrate products out there. And so what happens with these products is as they circulate through the body, essentially the the nitrate gets to a hypoxic area and there an enzyme called xanthine oxidase transmutes that into nitric oxide. So normally it has to go through nitric oxide synthase. So this bypasses that. So the nitric oxide helps with circulation, helps the microcirculation. So it would help the enzymes and other, uh, you know, the macrophages that are helping to gobble up this the scar tissue get to those tissues a and then second i'd have a look at arginine particularly as a uh, as a uh, what is it called a conditional amino acid so normally the body makes plenty of arginine but there's certain cases where the arginine's not available especially if there's a lot of inflammation going on there may not be enough so the body can switch over and start the healing phase so arginine either kind of goes into making nitric oxide for the immune system and really burning up trying to burn up the pathogens or it goes to a healing phase and this it's really at the pivot between the two and so it gets made into things like putrescine and all these other funny little compounds that end up part of the healing phase, the rebuilding phase of things. So you might want to look at those two things. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't myself, but those are just two fundamental biological switches that I know about. You know, if we go straight away from essential oils, you know, those sound like good uh, avenues to explore for opening up the, the kind of dense tissues. Another thing we're looking at in addition is uh, peptides and yeah. to, because there's ones out there that are being used uh, like body protection compound to help with healing. I, I'm currently taking that now and it's really helped me with a, a shoulder injury where before I could do this and now I can do this, I can throw things and stuff without pain. So it's been a, you know, but there's, uh, really one very a couple of research articles on lung regeneration with peptides but they're really not and peptides available that i've seen yeah i well there's I, I ran into a doctor at a conference a couple months ago and he was just over the moon about peptides he said man it's the next thing you got to get in on peptides it's like okay so maybe now you finally now that i've heard it from you i'm, <laughs> I'm motiv motivated um and Let's see, from my good friend, Naomi Mass. So how do you exactly do you use it with the nebulizer? How much, what do you mix it with? Is it just water enough? Do you need to put some alcohol in there? What do you do? Nebulizer is experimental. And the only study that, I've, that I can recall was with eucalyptus globulus. And you're doing a very small amount. Basically, you're just putting it, essentially it sounded like you're just putting a diffuser in someone's mouth and diffusing it into their lungs. So basically, since diffusing oils is more of a safe, uh, researched uh, method of delivery into the lungs, I would say do that. 
versus, you know, there isn't enough research and data on nebulized essential oils and the safety, you know, because the big concern, because you have all these kids that are now have damage because they're vaping stuff and they're finding out, oh, these compounds aren't safe, you know? So we don't want to have that happen with oils because that would be it would be horrible for the industry for one, but also horrible for patients getting injured too, that we don't want. And so we want to make sure it's safe. And there isn't enough data and research on, you know, safe nebulization of, of essential oils. So once again, we're in a situation where the poison's in the dose and we just don't know how much is safe. So breathe, breathing it in through a mist seems to be fine, but a more direct application like a nebulizer, we just don't know. So you don't recommend that. Yeah. All right. And here's the last one. So Beth Carrison has started uh, uh, Tickborn United, Tickborn Conditions United. So you mm -hmm. may have heard of them, Greg. And she's uh, an advocate for alpha gal syndrome. Mm -hmm. And she has that herself. And she just says that when I was first diagnosed with alpha gal, I called a friend for help with essential oils. And then her entire medicine cabinet became instantly obsolete. And she loves essential oils. Okay, so, so what essential oils help with alpha gal? <laughs> That'd be my question to you. All right, so here's your chance. We'll, we'll hang on here, Beth. Want you if you got a second, if you could put those in there, we would love to know. And then, so, okay, and so did, did while we're all the alpha gal, can you eat meat now? And you know, it's like you know, uh, lots I of know she, I know she can't eat meat. We did uh, an interview not too long ago. She has good days and bad days. Okay, uh, but she's she's functional now and has really learned just how many um, animal products are in everyday uh, stuff that we come across that you just wouldn't even think of. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, resources for Lyme. Yes. So, so call Greg. Hey, Greg, why don't you give your contact info? Uh, uh, the website is goodbylime.com. There are uh, stuff about uh, – all sorts of treatments and remedies on the blog there, goodbylimes.com slash blog. Um, there's, uh, let's see, we're populated with more. There's also a lot of articles on there also about essential oils for, you know, lime and some co-infections, mold, detoxification, neurological issues. So we're, trying to keep uh, you know, as much focused on tick-borne diseases, but as practitioners you know, are seeing in our patients, it's not just tick-borne diseases, it's mold, it's viral, it's you know, uh, parasitic infections, it's genetic issues, you know, inflammation, mast cell. So it's like, you know, how, you know, there's different essential oils that, reduce mast cell activation like German chamomile and lavender and, and, and like uh, lab studies that we're finding are helpful for, you know, Lyme patients because now more and more of them are showing up with this more reactive uh, mast cell presentation. So, yeah, so that would be it. And then our phone number is 301-228-3764. Uh, if you want to give us a call and, and, we're currently uh, really uh, since with the we're all really down on staff, so it'll take us a while to get back to you with messages because we have a lot of people calling about you know how they can protect themselves with coronavirus and all that our patients and stuff. So you know, be patient; we'll, we'll get to you. But uh, we're uh, 
you know, our response is a little slower than normal. So, and so is everybody else's. So yeah, you're, you're in good company. We won't hold it against you. I'll make sure they don't. So Greg, I know I promised uh, 30 minutes. We're already 10 minutes over there. Other questions in the comments. Uh, if you have time at some point to swing by and, and answer some of those, otherwise I'll be doing the, well, I'll be doing them anyway, but if you have time, that'd be awesome, but I won't hold you to that at all. Again, just want to thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate it and tell your family, appreciate you giving up time too. You're an important resource and thanks for being out there and helping everybody. Hey, McKay, thanks for making it, you know, getting the message out and helping me to share what I have learned and, you know, I really value just all the great people that you've, you know, being able to share that I listen to it, just like, well, I didn't know that. I learned, I learned something new every, every episode I hear from you. So it's very wonderful to have you, you know, keep continue doing this for so many years. So yeah. thank you. You're very, very welcome. All right. Take care, my friend. All right. All right, Miss Aurora. That was so nice to hear from him. It's all, isn't he great? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I love listening to him. He just, he's so generous with his knowledge. I love it. Uh, it's awesome. Well, what, what really struck me is the, the distinction between treating the different stages of illness. Um, yeah. That really struck out to me today. I mean, obviously that's true with Lyme. It's like you treat a, an acute infection with Lyme disease differently than you treat the chronic infection. So it's interesting that you have to deal with the same thing with the with the COVID as well. Well, it just makes sense. We don't think about things in terms of stages because usually we put things off, but they, there's the putting off stage and then the, oh my God, I have to go to the doctor stage, right? And so we don't fine tune our approaches to things. And specifically, I mean, that's a very Chinese medicine kind of thing is there are different stages of diseases. And they literally thought of the disease penetrating into, inside the body. So first it would mm -hmm. go in the skin and then it would kind of be this halfway layer and then it would penetrate deep into the organ. So you had these, that, that baked into Chinese medicine. And it's funny because right now, the Western medicine, there's a theory out there called the cell danger response. And the cell danger response really begins to take a look at the same idea that there are phases of illnesses and that you have to go through and, and treat differently in the different phases. It's very Chinese medicine-like, but they're coming at it from a completely a Western uh, point of view, you know, a molecular nutrition point of view, a molecular disease point of view, more what doctors are familiar with. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Alrighty, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, and do you have anything else to work? No, we'll get right. to your questions as soon as we can. We'll get to your questions and comments, and we'll see you next week at 8 p.m. Ciao. Bye. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.